0: Hey everyone, just a quick note about this podcast. Ryan and I recorded this one day before. It was confirmed that Daryl Morey stepped down from the Houston Rockets and that Ty Lue joined the LA Clippers. But otherwise, we have a good talk about the NBA offseason and what other transactions might happen. All right? enjoy.
1: Yes sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet child. Ride. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just, just ride. ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just, just ride. ride. All people throw your hands up high and just how
0: are you doing, a. man?
1: Pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Hello, everybody.
0: This is Bay Heights Pod. You uh, if you would like to give us any ideas or any feedback or questions or anything, you can email us at Bay at gmail.com. You can also get at us on Instagram and Twitter at Bay Heights Pod. We love to hear any ideas anyone has. All right. So, I, um, yeah, um, it's funny, just adjusting middle of the week. It's middle of the week, but for whatever reason, this week feels like it's like a, a slower week in general. Like, I don't even have any meetings tomorrow for whatever reason. I cannot remember the last time in the last four years where that happened. Where wasn't now, is it? Holiday. Was it Columbus Day on Monday? So, it was Columbus Day on Monday, yeah. but it's interesting how holidays in the US work. Not every company recognizes every holiday, and it's not required. So, I, I, I don't always know what holidays are actual holidays where you have the day off. Right? Mm-hmm. The mar- and the markets were running on Monday too. But then there, I think there are some companies that take Columbia's Day off. So, like, some of my podcasts didn't load that day. I guess they had the day off. But um, so we work <laughs> officially. But yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, a few people are taking trips. They're driving driving up to like Tahoe or Oregon or whatever along the coast. Um, oh, okay. Everything made any trips like that myself and told her nice so at some point some point um hey how was camping
1: camping oh I thought you were going camping sorry no 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 just I just took a day trip um yeah so here in Canada um downtown Canada it's kind of an internet meme going on here I don't know if you've heard (laughs) but some some girl I don't know where in the United States but thought that Canada was just one big city and so she wanted to know mm-hmm. where downtown Canada was. Um yeah, so it was Thanksgiving long weekend here in um north of the border. Oh, yeah. As well as uh my wife's birthday. Um happy belated birthday to you as well. All right, thanks. Um and uh so yeah, it was just uh you know, I think our Thanksgivings are pretty much the same as you guys. People get together, carve up the turkey, um, except we I guess we would do it on the Sunday, whereas, you know, Americans do really do everything on the Thursday.
0: Um, yeah, that's right. They have that Thursday mm-hmm. and the uh, the Black Friday, all that stuff. It's like it's it's quite. You ask some people here, they'll say that Thanksgiving is actually bigger holiday than Christmas because it's the one oh, that everyone can participate in. Absolutely. And secular,
1: I, so. I've readily heard that from Americans, and I don't think it's quite like that here in Canada. But I have I've definitely heard that from from you know Twitter followers and just different different ways of consuming you know uh American culture but um how was uh how was your birthday man uh yeah it was all right
0: I caught my aunt uncle cousin uh had a had a bit of food so that was good good catching up mm-hmm. um because I, I generally still laying low you know pandemic is still on yeah. um otherwise I was uh just um just reading just like uh somehow ending up on YouTube hormones um Going like exercising. <laughs> so I, I got to take the day off, even though Columbus Day was on holiday, because my company grants us to take a day off near our birthday. So that's kind of a nice perk. Interesting. Um, yeah. So so it's good, all right. The weather's good, so that's good. You can get outside yep. more. Um it's funny, it's like it's still like today it was like 30 degrees and it's October. Oh wow. Um, that's good. So man, um Uh, I haven't quite thought whether this would just be a bonus episode we just throw on top of the other NBA Finals preview, or Mm -hmm. maybe we roll it out. But I thought we'd talk just kind of, I know it's quite a deep topic, but I think that we, you and I both have a bit of thoughts when it comes to the NBA offseason transactions, whether it's coaches, players, GMs, or anything. So, we can kind of talk about that. Now, what I want to lead off with, because I know you, I don't think I have myself really talked about it that much in our pods, but I know you brought it up a couple of times how you, you say that what I hate more than anything is that when teams just decide they're just going to blow it up. Mm-hmm. And what I thought I should do is just elaborate a little more as to why sure. I think it's an overused strategy and term, right? And the context here is whenever a team doesn't win, The finals or when they don't even maybe get to the finals like in the case was case for many years with toronto the case for portland as it is now then they just say well let's blow it up just trade away dane trade away uh, cj trade away kyle and damar okay now i will guess caveat i get it i was wrong about the damar and Kawhi trade but i think what i overlooked there was that was one second team all-nba player going for a first team all-nba player and another guy so it was actually like an upgrade. I just didn't see it at the time. But what quite often a lot of people wanna do is they wanna trade everything away and then they wanna say, well, we'll just go into the draft and we'll, like, we'll, we'll draft the next great star. Okay, I'll have a question for you and then I'll elaborate further as, so that you can see where I'm going with this. If I tell you, Ryan, you are driving, say, for example, a Honda Civic, you've driven it for about two or three years now, a solid car, you've got it new, It's shown that you could get to work. You can get to your leisure activities. It looks nice when you want to go out, something you can be proud of. Um, But I will, you don't know me, but I'm going to trade you your Honda Civic, which you know works. So you're 100% sure, you're 99% sure you're going to be able to rely on this for another good three, four years. Or I'm going to give you this other Ferrari, but I will not confirm to you that it was actually made by the factory, that it's got all the parts that you expect to have in it. And I'm gonna tell you that there's a 14% chance that you're not gonna be able to do anything that you do right now. Would you still wanna trade your Honda Civic for that Ferrari? You have a 14% chance of not not surviving a drive in that car.
1: Um Civic S C or Civic i si? I? <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Yeah. Um no, you're you're right. And you're asking the right guy, because I, I don't give two shits about cars. Um okay. even being the son of a mechanic. You're right, man. I mean yeah I would I would stick with the Civic yeah. I like knowing that I'm going A to B and yeah sure because yes. here's the same
0: if I'm telling you you have a 40% chance of ending but a car crash people are not going to take that Ferrari they'll just stick with the Civic right yep now here's we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll go further down into that to explain where where I'm going with that but I started off start off the bat looking at people when they say blow it up go to the draft I looked at the and everyone's trying to get the number one pick because that's what they think they think Zion they think LeBron Okay, let's look at the, la- if you look at the last 20 drafts, do you know how many of those players won? And the whole go- goal is to win a ring. Do you know how many number one picks in that draft won a ring
1: out of 20? In the last 20 years? I mean, yeah. I'm only thinking LeBron and Durant.
0: Okay, so Durant was not a number one pick.
1: Right? There I'll go. dive a bit
0: further into where you go there. It's five players out of, t- out of 20. That's 25% okay.
1: chance that if you draft the number
0: one pick, they're going to win a title it's LeBron. That's
1: actually, that's actually higher than what I thought, but go on. Okay.
0: It's LeBron, Dwight Howard, Andrew Bogut, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis. So Dwight Howard, Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Davis only won their rings when they got to play with LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is Kyrie Irving is the only player out of those four who won their ring while playing on the team that drafted them. Dwight Howard won his ring this year. Anthony Davis won his ring this year um, in LA after playing several years in Different teams, and in Davis's case, all in New Orleans, who drafted in number one, and not really even getting past the first round. And LeBron, yes, he won it multiple times, and he won it in Cleveland, but that was after he came back as a free agent. He didn't win it as the number one pick, staying on that team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Kyrie right. won it when LeBron came back. Andrew Bogut was the number one pick, but he won it playing alongside Curry, Draymond, and Clay, who were drafted seventh, eleventh, and thirtieth. So you weren't, they weren't bottoming out to get those 7th, 11th, 30th picks. Those are your five guys who drafted number one to get their ring. okay? That's in terms of who can win a ring. Now, do you know how many, like, okay, I forgot. I'm not going to keep using that, that trope. But If you look at the last 20, those 20 number one picks, 11 out of 20 made an all-star game or an all-NBA game, right? That's 55% <clears throat> chance that you don't bust on your pick. Like if you're picking number one, you go through 82 games of losing and sucking after trading away all NBA players just for a 50% chance of getting another all-star, right? And that, okay, that's like a coin flip right there, right? Now, the reason I asked you about a 14% pick is because people forget that when you're going for the number one draft pick. It, you, the odds of getting number one pick, like when you're the last place team, you're given 14 percent chance odds. It's not you are going to get the first pick because you were last place. They take all your, they take the teams who didn't who were made in the lottery. They assign you the number of combinations. They put it in the big ball and they spin it around. You have a 14 percent chance of having your ball picked out, which is why when New Orleans won the on the lottery, it was because it was despite not being the last place team. Um, I didn't do a check on how many times the last place team actually won the lottery. I don't think it's actually as high as people think it is. No, so that's hard. I always, I always think that it's, that it's a dumb approach. So just to put in perspective, what that 14% chance means. Okay. If you have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick in any draft, most drafts are not like when you had the LeBron draft, when you had the Zion draft and you're like, okay, that guy's the number one pick. That guy's the number one pick. Most drafts, there's always a little bit of contention about which of maybe the top three or four players should be the number one pick, maybe top two players, okay? Like in the case of Kevin Durant you mentioned, he was drafted number two. Well, it's because you're going to take Greg Oden, you're going to take Kevin Durant, okay? And that's a very stark contrast in this particular case. And in plenty of other cases, at least the number two guy, the second best guy is still okay. But here, you had a 14% chance of getting the number one pick. Then if you have maybe two guys who can potentially be the number one guy, you have a 50% chance of picking, of actually picking who is the true best player, in at the number one spot. Right? You think about when Markel Fultz was picked. It was there was maybe three guys at the top of that draft. You had a 33% chance of picking the right guy as number one pick, and Philly failed it, they, which was in the odds that they would fail it. If there's three guys, you have a 66% chance of not picking the right guy. You should pick. So when you take into account 14% and 50% you now have a 7.7% chance that after you have, after you have um, tanked the whole season, after trading away all your solid players, then you have a seven 7.7% chance that you would have gotten that number one pick and picked the best player of that draft. And even mm-hmm. after you've done that, which maybe I'm maybe mixing up a bit of the math here, the number one pick we've seen has only won a ring, well, five times out of 20, but if you really talk about the number one pick, you, number one pick winning a ring in that city in the last 20 years, one pick out of 20, one pick. So that's what we're saying when we say blow it up. And that primarily is why I don't think you blow it up. When you have CJ and Dane, the whole reason you go through that rebuilding process is to get two players like that. When you're Toronto and you have Damar da- and Kyle after sucking for like 20 years, then you have Damar and Kyle, and you build on that, which in Masai's case he did, so, right? And that's a and that's probably the textbook example of you stick with what you got. And I know people say, well, you know, you get to, you need to win a ring. Well, if you're Portland, if you're Toronto, if you're Cleveland, if you're Orlando, sorry, like yeah, maybe you're saying that's the only way to get a number one pick. Well, no, you can develop talent. Maybe talent actually blossoms to become a number one guy, like Giannis did, with no one expected. Sorry, no one expected, or maybe you somehow pull off a magical trade like Masai did because there was that one guy who was unhappy and you just managed to secure that guy. But the idea that t- that cities are upset, that they don't get to compete with the likes of a LA or a New York, like that's life. I mean, how many yeah. signature companies in this world come out of like Cleveland versus Silicon Valley where the wars are or come out of how many media agencies are coming out of Orlando instead of New York? The, the, the talent of the world they're going to gravitate to where the talent centers are, to where the markets are. That's just the way it is. And that is particularly why you, you have your team. They play as hard as they can. You appreciate what success it is because if you are making the playoffs, that's success. And if you're making it even deeper into the playoffs, that's also success, even if you don't win the championship. And when you do win the championship like Toronto did last year, then you celebrate that even more. And that's special. And that is just like when Canadian companies like BlackBerry and uh, Lululemon succeed. It's a special thing. Because it's not always happening all the time. So that's Mm -hmm. my take on blowing it up. I don't know. Uh, Tell me if you got any thoughts or questions on that.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. There's teams, I mean, every team that um, lost in this NBA playoff, which was 29, and then, um, you know, every team except the Lakers are having that discussion. Even the Lakers are going to have that too, right? Which is strange because. Like I'd mentioned in a previous pod, I would just – I'd run it back if I were them. To me, they are okay. the perfect we'll team. Sure. Actually, you know what? Um, why don't we just go into it if you
0: want to go into it now then
1: talk about the league? Well, again. I was just going to say that um, I think part of the reason why teams blow it up is because yeah. we give too much access – um I'm, I'm gonna speak here in toronto we have too much access to season ticket holders okay and fans that call into sports talk radio that we <laughs> owe them this you know this um uh, this performance review and that we're gonna do better um, i'll give you just a quick example of what the toronto blue jays used to do i don't think they do it now under current regime but When Alex Anthopoulos was the GM of the, of the Toronto Blue Jays, he would, he would have, um, he would have a shareholders meeting. And then you have a season ticket holders meeting. So Alex Anthopoulos, brilliant baseball mind. I mean, combination of analytics and just, you know, knows, but also values team chemistry, just the perfect blend of new school and old school would come down to the Skydome, to the Rogers center, would, Park his ass in front of a podium and take questions from Clint Downwater from Jerkwater, Ontario. Some, <laughs> oh, what? What? Why? Why do we have? Uh, why don't we have a switch hitting third baseman? You know, back in the day, and he would just apologize profusely about not having a switch hitting third baseman, and. Listen, I can't speak to every single NBA market or every other sport, but I know what happens here in Toronto that we feel the need to apologize for mediocrity, even if we're about to win. Uh, well, baseball is a little hard to make the playoffs, but you get my point. Like yeah. the, Toronto, yeah. the Toronto Raptors, before they won the NBA championship, were constantly in the playoffs. I mean, that was a hell of a core team. Raptors, Jurassic Park Square was always packed Season ticket, um, season ticket holders were on the uptick. Um, price of tickets were on the uptick. So, um, from a fiduciary <laughs> point of view, I mean, this team was 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 making bank, and yet somehow we had to blow it up or do something to that effect. I, now, the good thing about Toronto Raptors, and maybe we can get into this, is thank goodness there's some managers, some general managers that just are able to kind of cancel that noise and Messiah Jerry is one of them. Messiah Jerry could I I'll never forget. I think it was um Damari Carroll who the Raptors got and he had high hopes for Damari Carroll did Messiah Jerry. Yeah. Very high hopes. I mean, he got his own press conference and he you know, he trotted him out as not not quite the savior for Toronto, but like this is the guy that's going to, you know, this is the guy that's going to bring us um over the top. And he didn't. And he was fine with cutting ways with him and, you know, saying, well, that didn't work out. No big deal. Um, so Masayu Jerry is one of those guys, and it's going to vary from market to market. We'll just say, like, yeah, blow it up. I don't care what the media is saying. I don't care what the experts are saying. I know what I see on the court. I know who I have to answer to. In this case, it's the Board of Governors. And he's going to make the best basketball decision absent that noise. So, um, I don't know if it's a situation where we need more people like like him, or maybe the Raptors' situation is maybe a little a little more unique than others.
0: Well, he, he, so yeah, that's diving to the Raptors because I was going to ask you about this situation here with where, where they're at because there, there's a few decisions to be made. Um, but addressing what you said right now, uh, what what some people will credit is I know maybe you're not a fan, but but plenty of people like in the in the media like so far have credited. The raptors ownership is being pretty well run like larry Tanenbaum, mm-hmm. like empowering Masai, and therefore this organization they've really developed into like a top i would say it's in the top five in terms of organizations and how they're running sure like you see how they're developing they're finding and developing player talent they're also a lot of just coaches and front office staff who are um making their way through the through ncaa and nba like just being hired or being considered for other positions um I think you saw Jerry Stockhouse. I think he took the, the Memphis uh, coaching position, or, or I think. Um, and I forget what other um, guys like Phil Handy, I think, went to the Lakers after this. But um, do you like Masai? I mean, okay, I'll, I'm, I've always got respect for Masai at this point. I think I was calling for him to be fired after he traded DeMar. My, my stance at that time was why, like, look. It, it, yeah, I know we didn't win, but maybe this is all we're going to achieve. And that should be, that's, that's where I was wrong. Like, okay, you, you are actually getting a first, an all, uh, LNBA first team player in Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And I was just overlooking that. But anyway, so at this point, I think whatever Masai does, I'll always just give him the benefit of the doubt no matter what. He um, uh, extended Nick Nurse and Bobby Webster. Mm-hmm. Um, so those guys are locked up for another several years uh, two questions because as we're talking about this stuff um a Masai has not resigned yet um, no any concern about that or do you
1: think this yeah is this sort of standard yeah
0: course of action
1: B, no i'm very concerned what you thought about the other
0: stuff bobby webster Dick Nurse. but yeah tell me
1: bobby listen i i make fun of bobby webster as a you know glorified aaron runner and okay. uh no one's going to change my, my mind on that but that's <laughs> okay. fine like like hey man give give him the contract nick nurse deserves what he's got coming to him too you know i okay. i thought you were not a fan of nick nurse no, no, no i'm not i'm not i'm okay what let me let me finally clarify this for once for all okay, yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. not a fan of the anointing of this prophet nick nurse which <laughs> just everyone and like i i I, I can't stand that shit, man. It's just like, okay, listen. <laughs> he was probably the right guy at the right time. I'll, I'll admit I did not like the Dwayne Casey firing, but I'm not I'm not in the locker room. If there was a mutiny in the locker room and the players were secretly going to messiah and be like, I don't know, man. I don't know if Dwayne Casey's our guy. Um, then they absolutely made the right decision. Like then, you know, just because I have a particular, just because Dwayne Casey satisfied my taint more than Nick Nurse will ever. That's just that's just a me thing. Um, okay. But what's the
0: reason though? I don't get it. though. Because Nick Nurse sort of showed how creative he can be with his the way he runs his teams, like the platoon offense, just weird defensive schemes, like from the going full court at strange times, box and one. Trying sure, to sure, sure,
1: but he also, you know what, um, you know what, Jason, when I'm playing. When I'm playing FIFA 2020, I can have Ronaldo on my team do all these things because he's a 99 overall that I can't do with, you know, eighth division Bundesliga, you know, Fleiben Grappenstein, like then their players are just like nothing. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is that Nick Nurse had Gasol, he had, um, he he had Leonard, he had a now even more mature uh Kyle Lowry who you know had in in my opinion had had been through all these playoff woes and was ready to take the next step so i th- i think he had a lot of things going for him and okay. that probably complemented his creativity he had the canvas to perform his creativity he cannot do that you know playing for you know he he, he couldn't do that for um i don't know he couldn't do that with the san antonio spurs i don't think um, this okay. year's version anyway. So that's fine. Uh, I will say this about Masai Ujiri and the Raptors. Okay. Um, I do think it's concerning. Okay. I do think it's bad ownership that we haven't written this guy a blank check. Um, he should be the highest paid executive in the NBA, two-day, bar none. Um, yeah. So the fact that he isn't, that makes, you know, you talk about, you talk about Toronto being a destination market. Um, that's why it's not. Because it's one thing not to play, it's one thing not to have all these American born players um, making max contracts on your team. I get that. But we could do something about our executives. We can have the highest paid coach if we want to. We can have the highest paid GM if we want to. We can have the highest paid president in all of basketball if we wanted to. And the fact that he's not just shows you that um, we're we're bush league at the end of the day well
0: what i've understood is that the Raptor organization to their front office and stuff they actually do pay uh, that's what i was understood that they're, they're, not, they're not it's not a cheap organization when it comes to paying their talent when it comes to messiah not resigning i, I just i get the even though it sounds like it's a news story they say well he hasn't resigned yet but part of me wonders too is there a procedural element that's not being uncovered as to how this works like is there just a, a procedural reason why they just haven't actually resigned it yet. Like, oh, um, we're going to close off these other items on our checklist for the year, and then we'll get to the contract, which comes after that. I, I heard a
1: number. Again, I, I listened to a bit of local radio here. I heard there was a number given. Okay. Number was not good. So the, the fact that a number's been floated tells okay. me that he's been offered a bit of a lowball contract to which oh, I say, okay. like, why are we even doing that? If true, if true, of course. Okay. Um, I don't know if they have favored nations when it comes to these deals, um, but. Uh, what does that mean, or, by our, the
0: way? I've heard this before. Kevin Nash
1: said something like this. Tell me, favored nations. What does that mean? Favored nations is like something like, so If um, if me, you, and a couple of buddies we went to high school with all work for an organization and I'm the last guy to join, I'm going to ask for a favored nations clause, meaning that, I am always the highest paid or I'm notified if someone else is making oh, okay. the same as me. Okay. Um, that might if be someone a rough joins after you. you.
0: If someone comes after you, I mean
1: type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or the next negotiation. Like I, I almost have, it's like, it's like I have a player option on my own contract. Like, okay. like I get a, like I get a push notification if, if anyone's making, One um, minute. you know, my salary. Right. So anyways, okay. I think, um, Interesting. I think Masai Ujiri's uh, earned that, and and why not? Why t- and which I say, why not make him the highest paid executive? Okay. Why not have Bleacher Report just put a report say Masai Ujiri, highest paid president in NBA? I think that would do so much for our cache oh, because hundred mm-hmm.
0: percent. Yeah, there's no one. There, I don't think there's anyone. I think Bob Myers is the only exception. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe because he won several rings, but I think at this point Masai Jerry's cachet is is I think as in terms of that position he's at number one. I don't think there's anyone else in the league who has this position. He may not win that award that they keep voting they keep giving every year with Pat or whoever, but you think about all the things that he's doing. A the uh, the fact that yeah he won the ring, he orchestrated all those trades, all that development, somehow pulled that title off when no one expected that team keeps coming back at number two seed and beyond just the basketball stuff he's the ambassador for the game with the giants of africa thing and he's working with obama and um and then uh, all the other stuff that the nba got involved with social justice stuff like he's mm-hmm. at the forefront of a lot of this stuff so mm-hmm. yeah like he he's running organization both on and off the court he's toronto's profile has elevated under his leadership then yeah you just pay the guy absolutely um i wasn't aware of that detail hasn't hasn't really if that's out there just maybe uh, it's interesting i hear a lot of uh bits of raptor related information from you that i'm just not searching for local stuff like toronto local stuff and if it's not showing up on national media like i'm not catching it i guess not everybody mm-hmm. does so it's kind of interesting these little tidbits um okay so talking a bit about the other raptors uh, because I did a bit of a. Ch- ch- we'll go through some other teams, but um, and other stuff, but just right off top, because we're on Raptors, Serge Gasol, Fred Van Vliet, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Chris Boucher is going to be restricted. Um, those guys are the free agents this year. So Gasol's you, um, gone,
1: right? He's he's going to Spain, right? Is that confirmed? Okay. I th- I heard things So safe it. to okay. assume.
0: Man, so that's um, interesting. He doesn't want to come back. Yeah? Okay.
1: Listen, so, I I I might get heat for this. I know and but i want to blow up a part of the raptors and that is their backcourt okay. i i do not back think court. okay i do not think fred and kyle is a sustainable winning formula for um for a championship team if they didn't lose to boston they would have lost to miami i would have even had my doubts if they played milwaukee brooklyn's coming on next year can you imagine like what is fred going to guard kevin durant next year i mean well kevin's a, uh, short, a small forward he's not a guard sure but he's he's everywhere is what i'm trying to say so um i don't know man i uh
0: but he did guard kevin durant remember in the for that few seconds few minutes or whatever oh for for uh, for, the,
1: for the few seconds that that kevin durant went, went <laughs> off for 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 100 <laughs> points 100 <laughs> points in 14 minutes yeah yeah that stretch um so I'm not buying this backcourt. Um, okay. I'm selling this backcourt. So, so would you
0: just not try to resign Fred? Would you just let that guy go and just keep, and keep Kyle for the one more year and extend what's, him?
1: What I've been hearing is that we might do Fred a solid, sign and trade type of thing. Uh, okay. make, sure the boy, make sure the man gets paid and then um, say thanks but no thanks. Um, then does that mean that Kyle hours a Raptor for life? I, I don't know. Um. Yeah, I mean I think something's gotta be done with the backcourt. I don't expect a good year for the Raptors next year. I think that's gonna be a, a, a bit of um I mean, don't get me wrong, I think they should still make the playoffs. I think um okay. seventh, eighth seed, but I think if one of those so I'm we'll thinking so. now okay. I'm thinking no I'm thinking no Gasol, yeah. no Gasol and you're giving up um you're giving up Fred potentially. And then look, I even think a guy like Pascal Siakam might have a bit of a growing, but I I do think that this stretch in the playoffs that he had might even continue into next year. Um, I okay. think it's all going to be part of his uh, his development, and um, you know, so I I do think the Raptors are going to take a bit of a hit. I I don't know what their team's going to look like next year, but I if I'm um, what's that stupid show with James with that guy Kramer from CNBC? It's like he tells you to like sounds an alarm he if he's going to see- whatever. Or- yeah, you know, yeah, like, 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 sell, yeah, sell, know. sell, or buy, buy, buy. I'm, I'm selling the Raptors. Well, right okay,
0: now. no, but that. Well, let's talk more about the, the just the transactions rather than like how they're gonna shape up next year. Because we need to see how all the teams have shaped up before we do like previews of next year. But like, what with Fred Van Vliet... He's younger. If anything, okay. If you, if we don't believe in his backcourt, what you got to do is I think you sign and keep him, and then you just trade away Kyle. You have one more year left. Year left. There's going to be some other team, whether it's like the Miami Heat who want Kyle,
1: or yep, just some other who needs
0: a strong point guard presence. You get someone back. I don't know who it would be. Um, like I don't know who who, what, who but I, okay. Forget that. Forget that for a second. The point I would make about the Raptors is um, I don't think. I think Fred VanVleet has shown that he's worth keeping. He's one of those guys, like because I actually, I actually still believe that Fred and Pascal can be the future of the Raptors. Okay. Um, Pascal, it's it's concerning the fact that I think what ended up happening is a, I think the bubble affected him. B, I think maybe he just showed up, sort of not really mentally and physically ready to play. I think some guy, I think like we expected, some guys are just going to show up and they're not really going to be ready to play in the bubble they just maybe weren't going to be working out every day like some guys were like Andre Iguodala was working out the whole season when he was just in Memphis right and he wasn't playing he was staying mm-hmm. in shape Ray Allen was doing the same when he didn't sign with any team and he ended up never coming back which is interesting but like but then you have guys like James Harden looked super out of shape when he came into the bubble even though he was he somehow played himself back into shape um, Pascal curious curious to see where this goes because in my head i was thinking okay this is his humbling period now he's gonna basically use this whole off season to just get back into it because he's got that big contract he signed he's a lot of he got a lot of pride he's gonna get at it what do you think about surge though you think the raptors signed surge yeah i don't know You think Surge is he, looking to just get out and he's he's just gonna try and join like the
1: lakers it's, it's possible i think he's gonna go for the biggest payday and then He's going to get maybe two or three really viable contracts and he'll probably, um, you know, pick the sexiest person, which. So you you said Lakers, which was interesting. I just threw it out there. We'll we'll talk about the Lakers
0: Um, in a second. Uh, uh, Yeah,
1: I don't. Like I said, man, I see. I see. um, I see the writing on the wall and Serge might say to himself that, there's there's probably a better um, better fit for him elsewhere, um, okay, because if if I'm if if I'm him, I don't like my minutes in the last what three four games of of that Raptors playoff um,
0: no, I'm series. To
1: well, He's... I mean, famously, he didn't see much time because we were riding out. Um, we were we were sticking with um, Siakam, and if um... yeah,
0: they play together before, like they're not like. Who,
1: who who was also on the court then yeah it was it was it was Gasol it was OG because oh, was
0: the usually yeah. they alternate between Gasol and, Serge, and if they're not gonna have Gasol right when the Raptors go out of their way to really sign Surge, here's a bunch of money come you've won here we know how we use you you know how we play just stay here just give us that's zero. what I would like that's
1: what I would like but you know because he's gonna, gonna a get plenty time if Gasol's gone right yeah but it might be a situation I mean do we know if like he's so Serge is not a max player but what if he gets one of those like New York Knicks Jalen Rose contracts where it's like <laughs> it's 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 insane right okay I mean, well then it's you it's can't change it I mean sure but but yeah
0: okay fair enough talk about the Lakers okay let me frame some questions to you like this you have Dwight sorry not Dwight you have AD LeBron obviously even though AD is a free agent, of course, he's going to get offered the max, whatever they can offer him, and he's going to sign it. Um, and then let's say let's say Rondo is their number three guy because he just showed out and there's no way that LeBron is going to allow the Lakers to not make sure that LeBron is uh, taken care of. Okay. Which are you thinking of the uh, just hypothetical? And then we'll talk about this offseason. But just curious, if if I had to tell you that um, although after those three that there's only going to be four more of the current Lakers that we had, we saw in this, in this finals team that just won, there's only going to be four more who stay on and everyone else has to go, which four would those be?
1: Like the four that are no longer a Lakers, is what you're saying?
0: No, no, no. What I'm asking you is if you have the Lakers team that we have and you assume those big three that they're going to keep for sure no matter what, there's four more of the existing Lakers that are going to be resigned and kept in the Lakers, but everyone else has to go. Which of the four that that which you think should be kept? They're basically asking who are the next best four players after Rondo, LeBron, and AD. Not I'm not asking to the rank them. Just thinking
1: who the four. Yeah, I just Lakers all right. So I'm guessing KCP. Okay, uh, I'm thinking yeah kuzma man i'm not sold on him okay. so i'm mm-hmm. i'm thinking i'm thinking kcp caruso okay um heck even dwight man um okay yeah i guess i guess just kuzma i'm okay with like he's the expendable in in that in okay. that situation so you pretty much you can pick any four um okay i'm not protect. i'm not protecting kuzma yeah
0: okay because in my head like yeah, like you're touching a lot on the similarities. I was thinking Caruso because he kind of is that spark plug. He just, he's a, you have those guys that kind of fire up the bench. You mm-hmm. have KCP who really showed out and I think is worth at least another, maybe a short-term deal at least to see where that goes because that surprised me. Um, Dwight, I was on the fence, but I guess so because he really did create some trouble for some teams when it really mattered in the playoffs. Um, you use him sparingly. Um, but he's still seven foot. and still
1: strong. Um, he showed. Yeah, you know what? You know what, He's 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 like a throwback to your hockey goon that you just throw out there and and just let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you know he, so. he 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 creates he creates a lot of havoc and sometimes it's good.
0: And then I think the other guy that I had was uh, when you said Kuzma. Like um, on one hand, I did have him in there, but I think I'll go with Marquise Morris maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Still, still. He's hitting threes I wasn't expecting to hit. He's still a tough guy who you kind of have that a little bit to sort of um, sort of be a presence. Kuzma can with, be,
1: yeah. Kuzma, like, there's like there's like there's 80 guys in the NBA. That are yeah, like exactly the point and I was may, gonna make. Maybe may, may, maybe maybe I'm exaggerating, but I mean yeah. that guy, yeah. Kuzma comes in the NBA draft ten times at least in two rounds. So I, I'm I was thinking, just gonna say that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. the thing is, a lot of, okay, and I only was just curious who would say is the four, but quite frankly, beyond Rondo, AD, and LeBron, I think for the most part, you can replace the different skills and contributions from any of the other guys in the squad. You could figure out how you'd replace it, I think. I don't think any of those guys are truly irreplaceable. Um, Avery Bradley clearly showed that he is replaceable, since he didn't actually make it in the bubble. Mm
1: -hmm. Understandably
0: so um Kuzma obviously did contribute but you probably could replace him um all right man so okay I want to talk a bit about coaches because it has been a while since we've seen this mm-hmm. kind of this kind of turnover yeah. but start with let's start with uh, Bulls OKC Jim Boylan's out of Chicago which not a surprise I can't believe that guy lasted as long as he did um there's a lot of clips of just zach lovian just getting frustrated with him on the court it's super funny billy donovan (laughs) goes from okay to see to chicago what do you do you have any opinion on that like do you think this is going to be a good thing for both no
1: you you once you once said that i forget what you said about billy doll billy donovan but i'm i'm with you man i've okay
0: just to refresh your memory here's what i said about him i I never really believed in him. I can't find good for him. He won his national championships at Florida because he had on his team Al Horford, Joe Kim Noah, and Ronnie Brewer, or Corey Brewer, sorry. Like, yeah, he have got three future, all of, like two two of them all-stars, like they're future NBA players. So good for you. Get stellar defense. So you win two titles. And after that, I don't know what you really did. Goes to OKC. He didn't really do anything with Durant and Westbrook and surge and perk and okay that's a lot of players paul george carmelo anthony um you didn't really Wait, do he, anything wasn't, he, he
1: wasn't he he was the coach that took him to the finals
0: uh to the conf- western conference finals
1: no no nba finals
0: um uh, no no so ncaa like the the florida gators billy donovan was the coach of the florida gators in the I, I know National
1: but you time. said you said you then said okay see i'm wondering if he's the coach that that took him to the nba Oh, finals. Sir.
0: No, that was uh scott brooks
1: Gotcha. Okay. But yes. then he was the
0: coach that the seventy three nine Warriors when they basically nearly beat them down, they were up three mm-hmm. one.
1: Like Gotcha. Like,
0: okay, I mean I I, I was starting to believe in that Warriors team and maybe it's not as bad bad luck that Kevin Durant ended up leaving. But you also kinda of wonder, like, okay, well maybe Kevin Durant didn't really have enough faith in Billy Donovan either he's he's
1: the kind of he's the kind of coach you dread having i remember when toronto got like (laughs) i I remember when toronto got lenny wilkins and i was just like oh god like i'm sick of these coaches and think (laughs) thankfully toronto is is past that hopefully for a long time to come but billy doll billy donovan's (laughs) one of those coaches that you go to like some agent and the agent then goes to central casting. It's like, who could play an NBA coach in our, in our sitcom coming up? And it's, it's <laughs> Billy Donovan. It's him. It's so he looks like a coach. He sounds time. like a coach, but he does. He doesn't do anything for me either. So I, and I would hate, done? I would, I would, I would hate for him to be your, your coach. I mean, yeah. that like, I, If if you're, if, if you're, if you're a fan of your local team, Chicago, OKC or whatever, and Billy Donovan's named your head coach, there's no way you're happy about that.
0: Yeah. So, and the thing too, is, is that I cannot think of what his mark is. You know, like when you think of D'Antoni, you think seven seconds or less, this is the imprint he has in the game. He's the jazz musician. He's just, mm-hmm. he's empowering the players to find strength in themselves that they could otherwise have not found before. And mm-hmm. You think of like Phil, the triangle, you think of, um, Stan Van, I guess in my head, I keep thinking about the Orlando magic offense, but he's been in a, he's been in other places too, like Detroit or whatever. Um, but with Billy Donovan who had all that talent, I don't really know what he was. I, I and people want to say, well, he had these players who were really dominating personalities. I don't know about that though. Like there was this year with Chris Paul. And I really, I mean, I know there's some credit for Billy because of the performance of the team. I'm crediting Chris Paul. Like I'm, Giving mm-hmm. all that credit to Chris Paul, I'm also giving Chris a bit of the blame for not being able to secure that any one of those baskets in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. I really, keep mm-hmm. and I'm giving a whole lot of blame to Billy Donovan for he's setting up. You've heard me talk about setting up those weird inbound plays, and yep. really, like after t- out of timeout, play like inbounds, like it just absolute chaos. So yeah. then he goes to a Chicago roster that has Zach Levine, Bobby, or not Bobby Portis is with New York, but Zach Levine is with Chicago, and I'm not convinced that it's going to amount to anything for Chicago or Billy Donovan. So I think that's all there is to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, then one of the most surprising turns and almost wonder how doc can be mentally ready to take on this on, but doc is fired by the Clippers. He's going to the Philadelphia 76ers. He's going to Brett Brown. He's going to take over Brett Brown's role. Brett Brown's out just out of a job now. Um, he it should have been. I don't think, I think the Brett Brown showed that he just probably reached his max as to what he's going to get out of the team. But it just—I can't help but think that Doc is just jumping to something when he's probably not in the mental space to do it. Like you can't—I just I, in my head. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm now projecting. It's maybe not fair to Doc because maybe he is ready to do it. But my first thought is, you just lost three-one the third time in your career. You're just being exorciated. It is humiliating, and then you get fired, and then now you're just jumping into another team. It's a bit like when a guy. A girl like they break up and then you there's the rebound relationship that's really not a good situation where one of those two ends up in another relationship too quickly because they're they're still hung up that's what i picture with doc that, i just that, saw you
1: yeah tell me that sounds like prime ryan right there what you just described but listen i think um i, I think i think that goes look doc is he's a coach now do you know what I mean? And that's that's what, that's what coaches do. They're supposed to, okay. like, he probably, his agent probably said, no, man, you have to jump into this. His family clearly mm-hmm. supports him. You're right. I think that there's some people that um, if they really took a sober assessment, they should probably, for their own mental um, health and for longevity and, and all that, absolutely, he should take a year off. And, but... Also, um, who's, who's this, like, again, we, we've talked about these coaches who just get these boutique jobs, no matter what, what peril they leave the team in, Dan Tony being one of them, Doc Rivers. Um, (laughs) I think if the phone's ringing, man, he's going to pick up and he's going to take it. And. <laughs> okay. That's kind of what he does. I mean, w- w- he was a bit of a journeyman player. I do I forget how many years he played with the Knicks, but yeah. I can't see that being all too different from being a player. You know, you're um, right
0: actually because when he went from Boston, he just he got traded. Do you remember that? The Boston Celtics Danny Ainge didn't want to do it, but Doc kind of forced it. After he signed Doc to a multi-year contract, he traded um Doc to the Clippers for a draft pick. That's actually allowed by the
1: NBA. That's right. And that, that's, that's yeah. the one that, um, Bill Simmons was, was, yeah, yeah, about, that's right. Right? <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so clearly we know that he has, listen, we, we, we talked about player empowerment. Well, how about coach empowerment now? <laughs> yeah. and coach empowerment says, get the job that's offered to you. Lakers got rid of you. Oh, look, another destination market pops up. Take the damn role, you know, worry about your I feelings later. Boring. I, I think right that's on. entirely possible. I think that's entirely possible. I think Doc Rivers, the man, probably realizes this is ridiculous. Like he would, he would probably not tell his kids to do that. You know what I mean? Or someone that he cared about, because um, you know, a former player, uh, a coach. He's he's won a ring. He's been in these you know boilerplate um, situations before. There's no way he's he would advise himself, advocate himself to do this. But there's also another part of him that says like, man, these, you know, he, 10 years from now is, is he coaching? You know, what's he doing? You know, these, he's probably, he's definitely making more money as a coach. I would assume than he ever did as a player. So, um, you know, his son's in the league. I mean, it's, 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 he's so got totally. a lot. He's, he's actually got a lot to lose by saying no to this job.
0: How do you see the matchup with Doc as the coach of Embiid
1: and Ben Simmons? And now he's reunited with Tobias, uh, Tobias Harris. I heard someone say that, um, I don't know if it was a dumb talking point or not, but he's, 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 he's good with personalities. He's good with characters. He's, you know, he try he, he talks shop with the guys and he gets them to um, lower their guard a bit. So, I don't know. I mean, I think Ben Simmons is good to go. Um, I think Embiid sometimes is between the shoulders with that guy. So I don't know if a guy like Doc can help him out at all. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: um, yeah, I mean, I I, look, there's no way that Doc Rivers is. I, I would be entirely surprised if Philly all of a sudden makes the NBA finals and win or lose, makes the NBA Finals because of Doc Rivers. That, 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 that would completely yeah. shock me. There's <laughs> no way he's... Awesome. There's no way he is that kind of difference maker.
0: Interesting. Um, in my head, I'm predicting it to be a bit like his Orlando run. If they make it to an Eastern Conference Finals, I'll be surprised. I think. Yep, I think, same, same. I just think they're a second at our best. Anyway, um, okay, Eastern Conference 2, Steve Nash. Uh, I know we've talked a bit about it. There's been quite enough on social media, but just... Mm-hmm. Anything new on him, or it was just sort of a wait and see type approach?
1: I guess wait and see. Just to tell you, um, I've been, um, you know, NFL football is now in week five, I believe. And pretty much the way it's worked in the NFL this year is every single head case going into the offseason has just been detrimental. Either they've been cut or the team's done poorly under that guy. Um, It's been really bad for like these, these, these NFL head cases. So I'm, I'm of the opinion right now, only because I've been consuming a lot of NFL football that um, that it's not looking good right now for, for, um, for that cohesion with that group.
0: The thing about it is, is what I'd be curious to see. I know Nash's relationship with Durant probably played the biggest role in coming to that team. I think what'll be really interesting is the relationship between Kyrie and Steve, and how that develops. Because you got one Hall of Fame point guard with, we'll see how this goes. Whether Kyrie is eligible, like if he's on track for Hall of Fame, I'm not sure.
1: I think he Um, is. Yeah,
0: maybe so. Right. So, Mm -hmm. just these two point guard minds as they blend together. Both are quite thoughtful in their own ways. Kyrie a bit misunderstood. Um, Nash, I'd just be be curious to see how this guy manages the egos and the personalities because. The only person I ever saw Nash ever blow up at anyone when I looked at uh, the YouTube clips was him and Dwight Howard. <laughs> so, Houston's without a coach. There's two <laughs> ways to look at this. Mike Dantoni, I love the way that this guy just checks out because um, he does it with such a defiance. Like, he's like, I'm not going to let you fire me. I'm not going to be taken down with a ship. I'm not going to let you scapegoat me. Because Phoenix, he didn't like what the hell uh, Steve Kerr was running things. If you remember, um, you had you had Mike D'Antoni, he's like, I want permission to go talk to the Knicks, and that's how he ended up with the Knicks. He's like, Alright, I'm out. Even though you have uh even though you have um Steve Nash and that Stellar Suns team, like they were they were a really good team. Um mm-hmm. and then New York, like that was a train wreck where it wasn't going good and all of a sudden you have two hot weeks of insanity. They think they got something with Jeremy Lin then he doesn't like what he's being forced to do with Carmelo, so he's like, Alright, I'm out, I quit. And then he's just like, What? in the middle of the season then so you got Mike Woodson step in. So then D'Antoni ends up with the Lakers, and then he quit there too. He was not happy, so he left. He basically is the type of guy who's not confrontational. I kind of appreciate – I almost kind of admire that about him. He's just like, you know what? I'm getting paid. Yeah. I'm going to get another job somewhere else. So Houston, he wanted his contractor renewal last year, but, you know, Tillman Fertitta decided he was not going to – even though it's generally standard practice for coaches that if you want to keep them – you sign them beyond just the final year for whatever, you know, it's just the standard practice in the NBA. Well, they said, no, why, why would I do that? Because he's a new owner. He doesn't really buy into whatever the convention is. Fine. Fair enough. So as a result, when this Houston thing flames out as it did, then uh, I don't know if you caught that, the way that played out. He told his agent that yeah. to release while I'm on the
1: airplane that I'm not going back. to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. Amazing. So I, yeah, he's, <laughs> He's almost, um, God, I feel like, um, I feel like Dan Tony sometimes, well, I was going to say Dan Tony strikes me more as like this, like highfalutin art critic. And he shouldn't be like, he shouldn't (laughs) be be, like this.
0: He's a a jazz musician.
1: The way, the first time you, the first time I heard you say it, I didn't like it. And then you said it maybe two or three times after that. And it's like, shit, that's, that's exactly what he is um you know these these guys are playing with like their little recorders and clarinets and he's orchestrating jazz i almost feel like he he has a higher opinion of of himself than than anything it's like you know wins and (laughs) losses it's it's (laughs) yeah he 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 strikes me at, he strikes me as this 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 elitist in a way um and <laughs> the, and and the way he goes out is is so wrestling right it's like no, i'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm Push not doing the job yeah
0: where uh if you're at Tony is there a position that if it's up to him, should he take? And that's
1: look, Dan, to Tony, Dan, Tony is a lock for 50 to 55 wins like every year. So if we're going back to what Jason said at the beginning of all this, it's like, listen, playoffs are success, you know, going, um, so the Rockets went, what second round this year. Um, is that a successful season? If so, that's where you're going to get with Mike D'Antoni. You're going to get a, a certain level of success pretty much year after year. Is he a guy that you want coaching um, an no. upstart a rebuilding project? Absolutely not. But if you are, if you've got a couple of studs and you need to play some jazz and you need to get over that hump and if you want to finish fourth in your conference every single year, you know he's your Wolf blast wine. You'll never be disappointed. I don't know why I brought that up. I, I hear it's a decent brand. So uh,
0: just ode to Dan because his his stock took a real hit when he left the Lakers. If you remember, it wasn't that good, right? Because people thought yeah. that that team was championship bound and he'd already had flamed out with the Knicks and didn't win with the Suns. But and when people saw him go to Houston, I think even I was like, "What?" Like you got the ball stopper James Harden and the guy who believes in ball movement. So. To see that work out as it did it was success people want to say it's not a success it was a success If people remember people if people can remember what the Rockets were before D'Antoni got there before James Harden blossomed like they uncovered something in the game they, they figured out they were they almost beat the Warriors twice mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. worth something it is worth mm-hmm. something so mm-hmm. do you think D'Antoni uh let's see because the Pelicans job had been mentioned. What do you think about that for him? Does that make sense? You got Lanzo No, bottom.
1: I think that's okay. too much of a bottom feeder right now. Okay. Um
0: okay. question for you. Nate McMillan left the Pacers. Pacers had Victor Oladipo uh, as guard. What do you think about Dan Tony with running a offense with with Victor Oladipo as a guard?
1: Yeah, um Nate, I, I, speaking of guys, I guess he keeps getting coaching jobs. That I've never <laughs> been in. Um <laughs> Yeah, Nate. I I don't know why he gets coached. Like he's never ever done it for me. Um, okay. But
0: so, what do you think about that situation?
1: If D'Antoni was
0: coaching Victor Oladipo, and I forget who else is on that Pacers team, they kind of see like it. that might be the team that. Really? D'Antoni okay. I, with, I right? don't
1: see it. From what I've seen okay. of of Victor, I've never quite. I've never quite bought into him. So I don't know if okay. a coach can bring it out.
0: Uh, so that's the thing. I don't fully have never fully bought into him, but he's shown this promise. And may, maybe D'Antoni is this guy who's going to unlock all this potential in a guard in the yep. same way. Think of Nash and Jeremy Lynn. And I forget which other guards have come uh, D'Antoni's way. Um, it's clear that D'Antoni needs to go to a place where there's a strong guard that he can believe in. That's um, true. Knicks, we've talked about before. We'll just, whatever. Everything they do, it's just going to suck. Tom Thibodeau, I don't believe any change will happen there. I'll be surprised if it does. I'm really, really worried for RJ Barrett because I want that guy to succeed. Um, he's just got to get out of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, question about Houston. We'll, <laughs> we spend a lot of time on coaches because I think the, the real story of offseason so is
1: coaches. The main events but,
0: <clears throat> Okay, so Houston, question here. Rumors of people who are considered a position – Sam Cassell, Ty Lue have come to come up quite a bit. New Orleans apparently wants Ty Lue because Dave Griffin, David Griffin uh, believes in Ty like from going back to Cleveland. Before we talk about Houston, i the fit there. A question for you. If you had to choose, like let's say you're a team, you're running a team, and there's no restrictions as to who you can choose. Two guys who's come up to you, who has the better stock that you would look at and go, yeah, I think I'll talk to him first, Frank Vogel or Ty Lue right now?
1: Oh, God, is that even, is that even fair? Yeah, um, nice. yeah,
0: tell
1: me yeah probably, probably, probably. Probably Frank.
0: Okay. Because the reason I mentioned, do you remember at the beginning of the year, Ty Lue was offered the Laker job?
1: And did he decline it?
0: He declined it because they weren't paying him top dollar. He, he thought it was an insult, the salary that they were offering him. They said, well, you're going to get to Gosh. coach the Lakers and you get LeBron in AD. And he said, I want it. And his view was, I want a championship. I should command a certain salary. So, they couldn't agree on money. So, he turned that position down. Then he took an assistant role with Doc Rivers and the Clippers. So, yeah. following that, here's my question to you because I think, too, frank stock is at a high. When you win the ring, your stock is at a high. Like Nick Nurse. Maybe you're right. Maybe our view of Nick Nurse is kind of inflated because he won the ring. Maybe mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the case. Otherwise, maybe like Brad Stevens. Now, if um, Ty tyloo wins that ring, he certainly looks a lot stronger as a champion right as a as a champion now a two-time champion on two different teams right um
1: i, I think that. like you mentioned frank had been part of a decent pacers team that almost upset miami i mean they were game away right um and for whatever reason unfortunately Ty Lue has you know it, it's a bit of a fallacy with him right because Look, I'm not saying that there's a lot of people that could do what he would have done, which is come in super late into Hmm. a season. But, like, the odds are a bit in your favor. I mean... Yeah, you got the best player in the the
0: game. Come on.
1: He is the house in that case. And the house always wins. I mean, you got the best player in the game. You're all healthy. You got Kyrie and Love. Like just, just don't fuck up is all you have to do. And now that might be harder to do than some, but no. In terms of his coaching chops, I haven't seen it, man. I mean, look, when the Steve Nash thing came out, it was, it was, it was interesting, right? Because it was like, oh, Ty Lue, Mark Jackson, Steve Nash. Who are you going to pick? I'm like Steve Nash. Just just just, 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 just give me the, just give me the better NBA player in that situation, because. I've seen Mark Jackson coach, and, coach <laughs> and, and I've also seen him on ESPN and I hate both versions of him. Um, Ty Lu, I'm just not sold. So yeah, I mean, I think that speaks volumes like give me the guy that's never coached a day in his life. I know you've online, you've broken that apart. Steve Nash has, has mm. been an executive and all this stuff and he's more than deserving of a coaching role. I, I get that, but no, man, um, I hear Ty Lu, I hear Cassell going to Houston. Um, and I'm thinking, why? I mean, I think, listen, my beloved Houston Rockets, blow them up. Um, okay. Yeah, James, look, James, I would love for James Harden to have a come to Jesus moment and just be like, bro, the only way you're going to win an NBA championship is just to play 10% more defense <laughs> And endear yourself to guys like Durant and LeBron who will clearly fight for you and vouch for you to have them on your team. And, like, I don't think LeBron asks that much if he's willing to put a guy like J.R. Smith on your team. Like, I don't think he's doing it for charity. I think he sees potential in guys. He just has to, you know, you just kind of have to uh, show him almost like an audition. I think James Harden's going to be at that point. I would love for him to do it now because he's 31, 32. Um, yeah. he's like, and, and it's crazy, right, that we're talking about this guy's probably going to win like another three, four scoring titles, if not consecutively, for the next years to come. But yet he is just not going to win a championship. I mean, it's just abundantly clear that um, he's, he's, he, he commands too much of the ball and they're just not getting enough wins in playoffs as a result of, of that style of offense. So something's got to change and the change has got to come with him. And, and so So, I would, I I would, I would, I would not want to coach the Rockets um, because I do think that with Luca going to be better next year with Murray going to be better next year. I see the Rockets um, hovering around that seven, eight spot next year.
0: They're not going to be able to be broken up because Russell just James. They're actually in the middle or even the first part of their their supermax contracts. That's two supermax contracts. It's going to be pretty hard to trade. Apparently,
1: the uh, Knicks are interested in Russ though, which is hilarious. Okay, I, but it, but it, but it's but it's oh. not though because because I too would abandon ship on Russ. I've told you that I'm seeing shades of Derrick Rose, Brandon Roy. I'm seeing. I hope I'm wrong because I do like Russ he's he's a piss and vinegar guy but i'm seeing a decline of what used to be a physical specimen yeah Um, i mean
0: he's he's getting older it's tough to keep that well he's he's
1: 30 something he shouldn't be aging this quickly but as we as we've alluded to some guys just you know can't play a certain style for for you know eight plus seasons so so is um, it what R.J. Barrett goes to, to Houston? I don't know. But, can you imagine? Um, I mean, I mean, that's 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 what we're that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, imagine if that trade actually happened, and does James Harden decide to to play with this kid and, and, and form form something there? Probably not. I I don't see. Listen, I'm a Houston Rockets fan, and I do like Harden. I do like Westbrook. <clears throat> excuse me, but that's um, it's it's going to be a bad okay. it's going to be a bad so, 2021. 20,
0: just to just to cap it off with the coaching stuff there um so yeah first tyloo should have taken the lakers job it would have just changed his life i think absolutely it's easier to get a job once you have a job it's easier to command the higher salary when you already have a salary and you know what no one else is offering him jobs no one else is offering that salary so i don't know what he's complaining about that's just the way the market works houston um tyloo sam cassell the problem is okay Let's just say that the Houston team is what it is. It's just hard to trade whatever at this point. Um, it's hard for me to believe that a coach that they're gonna get is a first time head coach. The media keeps pushing those I feel like the media is the ones pushing those names. Like they really want those one of those two names because they're assistants under Doc and what it means, like we're gonna go into all the specifics, but they want one of those two guys to have a head coaching position. Yeah, it'd be Houston, to would be great and they'll succeed. It's like, no, well like you think about the personalities of like Harden and and uh, Russ. Like mm-hmm. they needed a strong because tony has got a you know he's he's got a presence. Even if he's not confrontational, he's going to command respect wherever he goes as a coach because of everything he's done. And his his mind for offense, his mind as a point guard himself. Um, and I think they need some kind of coach who who was who has that stature. And they talked. Oh, another name that has come up is Jeff Van Gundy. Um, I think yes. that would be a train wreck. I think it would be a train wreck for Jeff Van Gundy to come back into the NBA at this point.
1: It's the most—it's it, the most Houston Rockets thing ever. Can we talk <laughs> okay. about the Van Gun? Can we talk about the Van Gundys for me. a second? Because well, I mean, I feel like it's 2003 all over again. I mean, Stan and and Jeff coming back. Um, you know, Jeff. Um, I sure hope that his TV persona is not what he's saying during interviews. Right? I mean, you and I can both. <laughs> hope for that because you've certainly questioned what he said about his you know his his disdain for analytics at times it's like you hope oh, yeah. that um you hope that what he's saying in interviews is is to the contrary um look i'm I'm gonna if it's Lu, sam cassell or jeff van gundy i say bring on the train wreck because <laughs> it's <laughs> very possible it's very possible jeff? well it's very possible that you st- you you sling all that mud and some of it might stick i would okay. i don't know what's more plausible that um i think it would have a higher degree of working out than definitely sam cassell because it's like you said like if you're james hart and russell westbrook <laughs> do, do you think you're going to respect Lu <laughs> and sam cassell maybe sam cassell because he won two rings i don't know now jeff Van gundy is going to come back
0: nobody knows who he is here's what i'm picturing the modern coach today has to sort of be a bit of a, a facilitator, right? Jeff Van, I just picture him being a guy with a whistle in his mouth, saying, guys, sprint. And he's going to think it's like the Miami Heat. And it's Jeff and James Harden's going to be like, what the fuck's going on? We don't do this in practice. And then they're going to clash. And then he's going to say, give me 10 push-ups now. And then the players are going to look at him like, what? what? <laughs> not, and he's going to yell at everyone for not watching the videotape. And he's just not going to get it. He's just not. He's just going to be. It's going to be OK. Yeah. OK. OK.
1: I, I get that. But I think if you can coach Latrell Spree well, you can coach any of 2020 <laughs> NBA characters.
0: Miami Heat. They have quite a few players who are going to be free agents. Derek Jones Jr., Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder, Telly Olenek has a player option. I don't know enough about whether or not he would ex- exercise it. Um, Goran Dragic, Myers Leonard. They're all free agents this year. Um do you feel mm. confident that the Heat – well AD would you want to just secure all these players that really eat or the ones I've just listed um particularly Kelly O oh, if he exer- if he if he does if he exercises player option or if he doesn't okay, if he exercises the player option he'll stay on if he doesn't exercise it
1: he becomes a free agent um what's your take I I'm not sold on Miami Repeating kind of their okay. success, so I'm okay with whatever moves you know the office has to make. Um, okay, I don't think there's anything scientific to this. this year, all the players are replaceable. It's kind of how
0: you saying it. Potentially, yeah. Except for the why not few, yeah. Fair enough. I, I kind of see what you're saying. They're a bit like where the Brooklyn Nets were um, mm-hmm. like a year ago before Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving came. Except yeah. that this team managed to get to the finals. Exactly. Um, Okay, Nuggets free agents: Mason Plumlee, Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant. Torrey Craig is a restricted free agent. Um, it's interesting there. Jeremy Grant's going to command, I think, because he's going to. He, I'm sure he's impressed some people after the way he played with LeBron, played against LeBron and the way Paul mm-hmm. Millsap f- fired up the, the Nuggets to yep. coin, um, what do you call it? Um, come back in that uh, Clipper series. I think Mason Plumlee is basically. <laughs> He's out. When I, I just, I'll, every time I see him, I'll always think of that weird play where he just
1: let Anthony Davis shoot a three point shot. Um, right. Yeah. That that. Um, well, I guess I was going to say a broken play. It looks like a design play, but you're right. In my head, they need mm-hmm. Paul Millsap and they need Jeremy Grant. Um, I, I think... I, I, I'm with you on Millsap. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because mm-hmm. I don't. Because the, the with Jeremy Grant, it's more like this: Is he the most optimal player that they could sign? In the sense of who is on the market, no, I'm probably You're not. But in the sense of who the Nuggets can secure and sign, I think so. I think it's one of those situations where, like, when the Raptors are the best option was always just re-sign Kyle and DeMar. Like, you weren't mm-hmm. going to get anyone else. I think that's where the Denver Nuggets are. I think continuity has kind of really been a key factor in their success over the years and to come. So if I were, the, if I were Tim Connolly, I would really want to just make sure you secure Paul Mills up and Jeremy Grant. Right. Um, Toy Craig, I don't know. He's a restricted free agent to see what he can get. Um, okay, Clippers, we'll skip over that because I don't think I have enough interest in – I mean, there's a bunch of guys. Patrick Patterson, Montrez, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson to Green has a player
1: option. But there's a train wreck. But yeah. They haven't named a coach yet, have they?
0: Not yet. So Sam Cassell and uh, Ty Lue are both assistants oh, down Fent. being interviewed
1: there. So hilarious i i hope i hope ty lose their coach and they just you know they get they get 32 wins um, <laughs> uh, um I'm, I'm i hope uh leonard you know has an ankle injury that's apparently no medical professional has looked at but he's self-diagnosed and it's you know just load management he's off for 40 games and, um, <laughs> you know he ends All up leaving right. he ends up leaving uh clippers like he did uh san antonio
0: that's a great point to wrap it up so everybody if you got any thoughts on the offseason you know, on
1: twitter stick to your vision keep the composition seen a lot of shame in the game. game seen a lot of pain with the fame please But that's just the way life goes